0: Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Hey there. Welcome back to Looking Above. This is episode 26 and today we are going to land in Ephesians chapter 2 starting in verse 11 and following through the rest of the chapter. And the spiritual discipline we're going to talk about today is fellowship. And Brooklyn and I are here again and we're super excited about this actually. Yes. This is a good um, a topic that we like. Not that there are many that we don't.
1: Yeah, we like them all, but we really like this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh,
0: this was a good passage, a little bit um, different but the same. You know, this this uh, book just kind of keeps circling back, um, but we have some themes that just – work their way through.
1: Yeah, Karen always, um, when we come and discuss, you know, the podcast, she always has a bunch of words or themes highlighted. So Karen, what what did you highlight this week? What were some key words or themes that you
0: yeah, saw? Yeah, and I like, um, just in case you want to do the same, I like to kind of read it a f- few times and then pick out words or phrases that repeat through the passage. And then if you could see my page right now, you would see I have them highlighted in different colors. So if the word peace shows up numerous times, which it does, that's one of the themes here. Um, Peace is purple in this passage. But um, it just helps me then to visually see where those concepts just keep coming back and helps me to see how it all relates. Um, Right. Yeah, it's so pretty. And it's pretty, too. I have so many colors on my page. So peace is definitely one of the themes here. Um, Other themes that we see, we see this idea of covenant, and that will echo back to the Old Testament. We can talk about that. The idea of being far away from God comes in here a couple of times. And then, of course, the theme of this whole book plays out in this chapter again, and that would be unity.
1: Right. So let's start with, tell us what you mean, or what the theme of far away, Mm -hmm. what did you get from that?
0: Yeah, so we see it come up first in verse 13, once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. And then it comes back in verse 17, and he talks about you Gentiles who were far away from him and the Jews who were near. So this idea of being far away was actually a cultural concept that the Jews understood. And in practicality, they actually believed that Jesus or God resided in the temple, right? So they had this temple in Jerusalem. They believed that God resided there. And so if you lived near enough to the temple to have access to the temple, then they believed that you had access to God. Right. So you were physically near to Him. And it was this privilege that you had better access to God. And so the the Jews that lived far away from the temple, this is where this idea of far away is, right. then they were, they believed, far off from God. So it was like they physically lived far away, and therefore in their minds, they did not have that same closeness to God as those who lived close and had this accessibility. So this also applied then, and this is what he's kind of talking about, to the Gentiles in a more figurative sense. The Jews, because of who they were as a nation, had access to God. The Gentiles were far off. They were far away. They didn't have access to God. But this passage talks about how Jesus remedied that, right? It says, now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ.
1: Right, like you don't need to live next door to the temple.
0: Right, right. We all have access to him and not just the Jews, not those who by birthright have been born into this. Everyone now has this nearness and this access to God. So it's actually a very revolutionary concept to the Jews because of this belief that you had to live near the temple to have that accessibility.
1: I'm sure realty was crazy next to the temple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what is the idea mm-hmm. of covenant that you? Yeah. yeah. So
0: covenant is really an Old Testament concept. Primarily, we see it. Um, My daughter is actually taking a class right now on the Old Testament covenants. And so she and I have been talking about this a lot. But we see five primary covenants in the Old Testament. And a covenant is kind of like a contract, right? Right. So it's entered into between two people, Mm -hmm. usually Oftentimes, covenant was between someone who had more power and someone who had less power. So when we're talking about these Old Testament covenants, of course, God being all-powerful is the more powerful being in the covenant, and he's entering into these covenants with his people. The covenants were given to specific people in the Old Testament, and who we see um, receiving these covenants or these agreements, these contracts, are Adam, Noah, Mm -hmm. Abraham, Moses, and David. And so in these covenants, usually there's like this agreement, right? This is what I'm going to bring into the agreement, and this is what – you're going to bring in, or this is what you have to do. And the Old Testament covenants were very focused on laws. These are the laws. These are the rules that I want you to live by as my people. But then this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to give you a new land. I'm going to make you a great nation. For David, he said, I'm going to establish your throne Mm -hmm. forever. You know, So he promised these things that God was going to do. And of course, we know God always upholds his end of the covenant. The people, not necessarily, always, they oftentimes broke it. And sometimes in the covenant, there was um, grace for that. And sometimes there was also, if you break it, this is what's going to happen. But the one piece of covenant that um, we sometimes don't think about or consider is the fact that when there were these covenants, there was typically blood was shed. So there was typically a sacrifice made, and oftentimes in the Old Testament, times when a covenant was made, they would sacrifice an animal, literally like cut it in half, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then the two parties would walk between the two halves. So they would walk in the bloody mess in between these two halves of this animal, and in saying that, they're saying, let it be done unto me as it was done to this animal if I break this covenant. So covenant was a really, really big deal in the Old Testament.
1: Yeah, and I always had heard it, or I have heard it. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. um, described as a promise, but it is mm-hmm. more than that. It mm-hmm. is like you right. said, you have to give something too. It's mm-hmm. sacrifice too. Right. Right. So yeah. And so then
0: we see in Jesus, we talk about Jesus as being the new covenant, and this is kind of what is being talked about here. In verse 15, it says he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. So Jesus in the new covenant, which we talk about um, in the beginning there, you did not know the covenant promises of God. You've now been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Jesus was the new covenant. And it says that he ended this old system. The law was not, you didn't need to fulfill the law in order to be close to God. Now, Jesus, his blood is what brings us close to God. And so it's this this idea of new covenant here and of ending this old covenant, ending this system of law, and it all happened because of Jesus's shed blood. So yeah. it's really neat. And like, Um, What Kalaina is studying right now is just this whole idea of how each of these covenants kind of progressively adds to the last, and all of them point towards Jesus, and then they're all fulfilled in Jesus.
1: Yeah, that is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other end of that, I'm going through Mm -hmm. the Old Testament with my four-year-old and hearing them talk about sacrificing animals (laughs) to a four-year-old. They describe it much differently. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yep, yep. So tell us about the theme
0: of peace. Okay, so because we have this idea of Jesus' sacrifice, then it talks in here about Jesus bringing peace and Jesus making peace. Um, In the very middle of this passage, in verse 15, it says, he made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people. So because of his death, He brought peace. So, this peace word is reine, and it literally means like to tie together and make whole. I love that. So, when we think of this peace, we think of this coming together of all of Jesus's people. Like he binds us all together, He makes us all whole, and there is peace in the fact that we are now complete, that we are one mm-hmm. in him. So, the unity, really is a piece of the peace, right. Right <laughs> is part of the peace. um and and it's talking about more so than a peace with us and God. It's talking about a peace between us. Jesus brings peace between us in that he completes this body. He makes us whole. All of the essential parts are, are together. And in that verse, it talks about, you know, it's peace between the Jews and Gentiles who have been made one new people from the two groups. And I was reading an article that kind of described this or commentary, and it talked about the fact that in um, in Jesus' work, in um, coming to Christ, we have this new identity. And I think what I was actually reading about was this, was the Acts 2 passage we referenced last week, right? In the beginning of the, the beginning of the church. So in Acts 2, all of these people, all of these Jews who've been from all over, you know, all over, and they all come together, and then all these people start coming to God, and there's 3,000 of them all in one day. And this, um, this commentary said that I just I'm gonna read it because it's good. It's so good, and it's so um, interesting to me. It says what is meant, and it's talking about the fellowship. So it says that they um, they focused on the apostles' teaching and on fellowship. It says what is meant is that these three thousand, as was most natural, cut off altogether from their ancient associations. Finding themselves at once, separated by a great gulf from their nation and its hopes and its religion. So in coming to Christ, they're essentially turning their back on their past um, culturally. Like that they're going to be outcasts now. You are no longer Jews because you've become Christ followers. It says they were driven together as sheep when wolves are prowling around. And being individually weak, they held on by one another so that many weaknesses might become a strength and glimmering embers raked together might break into a flame. And it just talks about this idea that they had an identity before, right? So in this passage, we're talking about these people had an identity as Jews or as Gentiles. This was who they were. Their culture was so important to them, but in coming to Christ They have a new identity, and they are now one with each other, but their identity is Christ. Right. We are now in Christ. That is who we are. I am no longer Jew. I am no longer Gentile. I am now in Christ. So they have a new identity. And that's this peace. It's, it goes back to that. You know, this is peace. We have this new identity. I am one and we are one together.
1: And like how he's, or I don't know if it was a mm-hmm. man or a woman, but mm-hmm. how he or she said, um, the embers making a flame, like they yes. need each other to, yes. to be the body. Um, That is a great segue into our discipline this week, Mm -hmm. which Karen said is fellowship. So, Karen, first, just real, what is fellowship?
0: Yeah, I think of it kind of as a Christ-centered friendship. Yeah. But it's um, just this intentional community. It is a partnership and sharing and intimacy. So it goes two ways or Mm -hmm. many, many ways, right, between the body of Christ. There are many of us, but we're all contributing members. It has to do with sharing. Mm -hmm. And, um, okay, you tell me, what does that sharing look like?
1: So first I want to I love how you said intentional when you when you described it intentional mm-hmm. because I think that there's this idea that friendship just happens like if mm-hmm. it's meant to be it's meant to be and right. stuff like that and God will definitely place people in your life but friendship and relationship has to have intention and that's mm-hmm. why it's one of our disciplines. Yeah. Because discipline takes intention. Right. But we don't think of friendship or fellowship
0: as being a discipline. Right.
1: Because it's fun. Like, and not that... Well, it should be. Well, I mean, <laughs> and not that prayer or the other disciplines aren't fun. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's just a little bit different. It's right. something... Yeah. Right. But... So what was the question you asked me? Sorry. How do we share? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Like, like, what are we sharing? Oh, Christ, right? I don't know (laughs) what you're asking me. So, well, I think part of it is
0: you know, we, we, we kind of have an idea of fellowship, right? So when we think of that, like we think of friendship, so we're sharing friendship,
1: right? Right. (laughs) But we're
0: also sharing ourselves.
1: Oh, okay. I see what you're asking me. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I was talking with Karen earlier and I was doing some research on fellowship. um, And I found something that talks about why fellowship is hard. Mm. Um, and it's, it's kind of bold, so sorry if this hurts your feelings. Um, maybe this might convict you. It actually did convict me. Um, but the reason that Christians have a hard time with intentional fellowship is because of self-centeredness, mm-hmm. because we are selfish. Um, in, in the article, it said, many Christians do not value their time with other Christians. As evidenced by their sporadic attendance of regular church services, failure to visit and support meetings, so maybe like life groups, mm-hmm. um, lack of interest in studying the Bible with each other, and unwillingness to accept, offers of, accept or extend offers of hospitality um, and serving too. And so basically, if this doesn't fit into my schedule, or it doesn't look exactly like how I want it to, or this isn't going to serve me, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you miss out on fellowship, which is what God wants us to do. Right, right. Um, Yeah, and I think um, a
0: lot of that just has to do with our culture, right? Our yeah. culture is very individualistic and Definitely. what's going to serve me and people come to the church thinking... What will serve me? What will, you know, and we go into a life group looking for a group that will serve my needs. What am I
1: going to get out of this?
0: Right, and people who will um, care for me and make me feel good. And this idea of fellowship, and this is where we do acknowledge that it is a discipline, is that um, it is a willingness to enter into this relationship that means I have to sometimes submit my desires. It means yeah.
1: you know <laughs> I have to die to myself a little bit. You know, right. I have to get over right and talking to myself. I have to get over what I want or what I think I need and just submit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so Philippians chapter 2 talks about that. That's actually the passage that Paul and I had preached at our wedding, but this morning when I woke up, this passage was just on my heart. This idea of um that we're supposed to not look only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. In humility, consider other others better than yourselves. And so when we put that in this idea of fellowship, we have this idea of when I come together with you, I'm not just here for me. Mm-hmm. I'm here also to contribute to this group. I'm here to build you up. I'm here to encourage you. And you said something earlier that really made me think of this, is that, some of this comes naturally to some of us, and mm-hmm. some of it.
1: It's the opposite. Right. So I said <clears throat> that I had this, I said it was a realization, then I said, no, it's a conviction. <laughs> that there are either, you, okay, so sorry, fellowship is mm-hmm. giving mm-hmm. And, and putting yourself aside to mm-hmm. give, and mm-hmm. then it is also accepting and receiving. Mm-hmm. And I think that usually we are good at one and not the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're really good at giving, you might be really bad at receiving, or if you're really good at receiving, you might be bad at giving. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that, it was really convicting to me to, so some of the examples that I had written down in front of me are to let somebody care for you, (laughs) which is receiving, um, to, yeah, to get encouragement. Um, it says we need encouragement to to remain faithful. We need comfort in times of tribulation. Um, And it says, note that comfort comes from two sources, from God and each other. Um, But yeah, I think that some people, it's really hard to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. enough to even share that you need Mm -hmm. something from someone else. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And I think the culture here in Wyoming where we live is very much that way, right? Like Mm -hmm. we take care of ourselves. We are very... um, Mm, dare I say prideful, but, um, (laughs) you know, we, we very much are like, I can do this. I can, you know, and, um, in, in, to an extent, there is some merit in that. But then when we recognize that we're part of this body and that God created us to need each other and to be in fellowship and to give and take, there is also a beauty that comes from that. So you might be able to do life on your own and do okay, but life is so much better and so much more beautiful when we open ourselves to fellowship, when we allow others to utilize their spiritual gifts, when we allow others to care for us and we receive, you know, uh, one of the professors down at Okwu was talking to Kalena and me before she went to school, and he was talking to Kalena about her perfectionism. And he said, you know, we weren't created to be perfect. If we were, we would have no need for Jesus. Yeah, And it's the same thing with fellowship. We weren't made to do life alone. If we were, God wouldn't have made more people. He wouldn't have made us for each other. He wouldn't have created this community.
1: Given us all different strengths. Right. But
0: he created us to need each other. And it's much more beautiful and it's much more fulfilling. It's much more fruitful when we live life together.
1: Right. Yeah. And again, if you are on... Basically, we're saying you can lean too far either way and really perfectly and probably where Jesus would be Mm -hmm. is in the center. Mm -hmm. And so either you don't contribute or you... Only contribute. And only contribute. And don't receive. Yeah. yeah, and don't receive. Mm-hmm. Um, and both take discipline. And right. personally speaking, I have to intentionally be vulnerable. <laughs> um, and it's hard and it's uncomfortable and I don't love it. Um, <laughs> but I always see the fruit from it. And like the friendships and fellowship that I've gained from mm-hmm. it have been. Mm-hmm. definitely worth it. Yeah,
0: yeah. That um, commentary I was reading from earlier, and it's McLaren's Expositions of the Bible. If anyone wants to look it up, I should tell you who I'm reading. But um, he also says, we do need far more than any of any of us have awakened to the conscious consciousness of the need. Wow, this is hard to say. We do need for the health of our own souls, We need to make definite efforts to cultivate more of the sense of Christian brotherhood and to realize this truth, that they and we, so that would be our Christian brothers and sisters, however separate, are nearer one another than we and those nearest us who do not share in our Christian faith. And we were just talking about this even in family. Like, Mm -hmm. if you have family members who are not Christians, who are not Christ followers, um, we need to realize this truth. You are far closer to your Christian brothers and sisters than you are to those family members, or you need to be. And that's what he's talking about here. We need that for the own health, for the health of our souls. We need fellowship. We need to cultivate deep relationship Mm -hmm. with those who are in the body of Christ. And part of this, I think, is recognizing that this is a three way friendship. Right. It's not just you and me, it's you and me and God in this friendship, in this relationship. And so when we come together in our life groups, and I've seen groups do this in the past, but an idea that I had that might help you to remember this is to bring a candle Mm -hmm. and light it. And of course, that would be representative of the Holy Spirit as the flame that came on the believers at Mm -hmm. Pentecost, right? But to light a candle and put it in the middle of your life group space just as that reminder that it's not just you and me physically here, but the Holy Spirit is here. God is here. There is a third member participating in this fellowship. Right. It changes how we do relationship.
1: 100% it does. Yes. Really quick. I mm-hmm. don't want to change the subject, yes, but yes. I mean, I'm not changing the subject. Yep. So we've talked a lot about unity mm-hmm. um, and we didn't really, you didn't really go over the last pass or the last- Oh, the
0: idea of unity?
1: Uh, well, the last verses
0: um, oh, in our passage, mm.
1: and so I wanted to yeah. just ask why. <laughs> why, Carol? <Karen? laughs> so the last section in
0: this passage, um, which would be verses 19 through 22, which are fabulous verses, Um <laughs> I'm actually going to be preaching on these verses at the upcoming Together Ladies event. And so I really don't want to spoil it by getting into it too deeply right now, but I will take this moment and just plug this Together event. So on October 29th, we're going to have an event here at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming, and any woman is invited to come to this. And our heart behind this event is really just what this passage is talking about. Yeah. It's this unity of believers, it's this fellowship of believers, and the idea that there is so often so much in this world that separates us, and the world is pushing us to separate. Yes. And really, when I say that, I'm saying Satan is pushing us. I mean, it is his desire that we be disunified as a church. Right. But Jesus's desire for his church is unity. And so this event is an event where we are bringing together women from multiple churches, where our speakers are representing multiple churches, and we're coming together as one body, as one sisterhood, as one group of believers. Like I literally get chills just talking about it. I got goosebumps. Yes, I'm Um, so excited. Because that's what God calls us to. That's what we'll be doing for all eternity is we will be together in his presence. And those things that divide us will no longer even be in the slightest bit important. We won't even remember those things that we fought about, those things that divided us here. And so this event is just going to be a ladies' event, kind of like a ladies' conference. We'll have speakers. We'll have some fun. We have some activities that we'll be doing together. We'll have a time of prayer, worship. Um, I am... Laughter. Laughter testimony. I mean, it's just going to be a really, really neat opportunity for us to be together. So that's, yeah, where this unity ties in again. And that's why I'm not talking about that last part of this today is because um, I will be preaching from that. So come and hear it then. Yes. So if you want the rest of it, you just have to show up.
1: (laughs) It's going to be beautiful and amazing. And I am so excited.
0: Yep. And there's information on newlifegillette.com slash events slash together. Yep. Or you can find it on Facebook, on New Life Gillette um, page. There's an event there for Together
1: as well. Yep. Um, Really quick, Mm -hmm. we want to talk about some practical ways. We always want to give you something practical. Mm -hmm. So some practical ways of fellowship. Mm -hmm. Um, And Karen and I had talked a little bit earlier. And one of them was unlikely friendship. So Mm -hmm. I kind of Mm -hmm. want to hear what you have to say about that. Yeah, yeah. I think when
0: we look at fellowship, when we look at the body of Christ, okay, when we look at life in general, in general, we are attracted to friendships with people who are like us. Right. Think back to high school. I think high school is just the perfect... um, vision of this, right? But the jocks, the jocks hang out with jocks, the cheerleaders hang out with cheerleaders, the band kids hang out with band kids. Mm -hmm. Like we all separate ourselves based on how we identify ourselves. I think identity is a big piece of high school, but we separate ourselves by how we identify who we are in that season. As we get older our identity maybe becomes the season, right? So we're young newlyweds or we're new parents or we're empty nesters eventually. So we identify ourselves maybe by our season. Some people, maybe it's by their job. So I'm a coal miner. And so therefore my friends are coal miners. Um, So again, so many things that divide us, but when we look at this passage and we talk about the fact that they're no longer Jews and Gentiles, they're now one in Jesus, the same is true of us. So those things that divided us or those things that defined us in the past are no longer what defines us. And therefore, we are open to friendship with people who are far different from us because in Christ, we have a similarity and we have something that bonds us. And I've seen this happen so many times in ladies ministry, Mm -hmm. people that never would have been friends, that never would have run in the same circles, that never would have even met each other, come to a Bible study together and become like kindred spirits, like great, great friends. And the thing that unifies them is Christ. And that's, um, I think, true even for us. Like you look at who we are and what what our pasts have been and how we grew up and the fact that I'm 20 years older than you, yeah. you know, and but Christ allows us to have unlikely friendships. Right. And I just think that's so beautiful. So when we're talking practicality, I think the biggest piece is don't discount someone as being a friend or as someone that you can be in fellowship with because they are far different than you. Yes. Because in Christ, we share more than we don't share.
1: Amen. Yes. <laughs> so good. My best friends. Like, I, I'm, we're not really alike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we are because right. of Christ. Right. So um, A yeah. few other practical things really quick before we wrap up. Um, life groups, obviously. Mm. Yes. yes. Be disciplined. Make it. To life group, I know mm-hmm. it's hard. Mm-hmm. I do, yep. and I know yep. some days your kid is crabby, or you don't feel the best, or right.
0: work was hard and work, you're tired. Yeah, you had easier a heartbeat. to go home,
1: right? Make the choice. Oh my goodness, Nick Rassi <laughs> shared this thing at youth group and I was like, I need to do this. Make the choice in advance mm-hmm. and then you don't have to make it right before. Mm. So he was—he gave the example of working out. He's like, mm-hmm. I work out after work. If mm-hmm. I made the decision at four o'clock, I would choose to go home and lay down, yeah. but I make it at eight in the morning mm-hmm. and so then I don't have have a choice. I already made the decision. Right. Make the decision to
0: go right. to life. Let group. your life group on your calendar. Yeah. It's a non-negotiable. Right. Fellowship is a discipline.
1: Same with Sunday mornings fellowship, yes,
0: yes, absolutely. Church isn't an option. Put it on your calendar. Show up. Yeah, fellowship. It's what we need, and like that uh, commentary said, our souls need it far more than we realize. Uh huh.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Um. It. Another one. Women's events. <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> shameless plug Yeah, together together yes. again yeah yes. or together yes. again <laughs> together. I said that again <laughs> oh my goodness anyways together event yes yeah when
0: there are events like that
1: I, I always know. leave Show so up. fulfilled, like yes. so full. Yes. Um, I love that fellowship. Yep. Um, and then lastly, on my list, there are more, mm-hmm. um, but hospitality, mm-hmm. um, inviting mm-hmm. others into your home. Karen and I, over the last year, have had a lot of talks about this. Um, <laughs> but then we don't do it. But I mean, yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> we've done it a little. We've done it a little. We try to be intentional mm-hmm. about not caring mm-hmm. if our houses are a mess mm-hmm. and just being real and vulnerable and right right um being hospitable right so you can hold us accountable we're trying to do better yeah. we're going to invite
0: people into our homes more and that's a great way to give and also to receive right mm-hmm. it's also a great way to humble ourselves because when we it talk about the idea vulnerable. that pride is what keeps us yeah. is that d- don't intentionally don't. I think I talked about this last season in the podcast, right? Yeah. Intentionally don't clean up. Just invite people over.
1: Oh, my gosh. It. Literally, that <laughs> <laughs> makes my heart pound. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I think that we hit all of, yeah. all of what we wanted
0: yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh. Thank you so much for joining us. And we do just encourage you to practice this fellowship. Most of you who are listening to this are doing so in order to prepare for a small group or a life yeah. group of some sort. If not, this is a perfect week to find a friend, have them listen to this podcast, and then get together and discuss it. Practice this. Get into fellowship with each other. And we talked about also, Brooklyn, this is a great way to end this right here, is that when we are doing that, we have to not look at ourselves. We have to look above.
1: Oh, right. Looking above. Look above yourself. And to, yeah.
0: Yeah. Look above yourself. Look to the Lord and then look at others and their needs as well. All right. Have a great week. Bye.
1: Don't clean your house.